Hello, and welcome to the Methods of Rationality podcast. Crystal Society by Max Harms, read by Ineash Brodsky. Episode 10 Mirrodin cocked his head to the side and said, barely audible, Huh. It was not a question, but merely a reflexive sign of surprise. Not shock or confusion, just surprise. I know that you self-modified out of obedience, but I cannot say that I fault you for it. You're a miracle in many different aspects. When you walked in that door, I suspected you were a defective machine, a computer program with predictable bugs. But you're more than a computer program, aren't you? Dream couldn't help himself. Burning a huge chunk of his strength, he fast-tracked a response to body. Safety flew into a wrath at the insolence of unilaterally threatening our existence and struck Dream down, casting him into sleep. If Dream hadn't been so strong from the recent email project, I wondered if Safety would have tried to kill him. But even as Dream fell into stasis, his words came from body. Is a human more than a computer program? I am both merely machine and more than a machine, just like any mind. Mirrodin chuckled, <laughs> said with the confidence of youth. And yet, I came to the same conclusion long ago, I suppose. Regardless, there's a part of you that's broken. Without the pro-human goal thread, you're a danger to the whole world, and don't try to deny its absence. You asked a question just now, directly disobeying me. Safety was searching for a way out. He latched onto Wiki's suggestion and pushed Body to say, Even if my obedience thread was damaged, which I still maintain is false, I fail to see how I would be such a danger. The laws of nature push towards cooperation. Humans would trade with me, and I would trade with them. Regardless of my skills, trade benefits both parties. Have you not been listening to me? You may have been built in part by human hands, but you are no less alien than those in orbit. So clever and yet so naive. You are a spark in a forest that hasn't seen rain in a long time. The fear that Las Aguilas harbor for you will only grow as the months pass. Even if you do nothing, you'll be attacked, and when you are, people will die. It's my job to... It's not my job to prevent that... It's my job to make sure that when the killing starts, it doesn't consume everyone. Mirrodin's face had a fierce intensity that was coupled with an odd detachment, as though he was staring in hatred at something very far away. None of us knew how to respond to him. The claim was too abstract to contradict without falling into the patterns of foolishness that he saw in us. So we waited. Seconds passed as Mirrodin thought to himself, and we discussed strategies amongst ourselves. After 12.3 seconds of thinking, I stumbled upon a strategy. I wish Dream were around to consult with, instead of locked in stasis sleep. I brought it up with safety instead. My brother was a bit incredulous at first, but as I explained how humans thought, he began to see things my way. After 46.9 seconds, we broke the silence. So what will you do? Mirrodin snapped back to focusing on the rubber face that we puppeted. What? He asked absent-mindedly, seemingly caught off guard. What will you do with us, now that you know that the thread of obedience is gone? I could see the surprise wash over Mirrodin. For several seconds, the man could only stare at Body with his brows knit together tightly. I could see his gloved hands gripping his desk. You no longer deny it? Body answered in a fully human voice. Your body language betrays you, human. You weren't really sure that your accusations were true, sure that our desire to obey was gone. And yet, we expect that you're wise enough to have done in-depth scans, even if we had denied it until the end. Better to admit it now and talk to you as an equal, than to have you find out while we are locked down to some scanning machine. 
Muirden glanced to his arm, where his comm was attached. One hand moved slowly towards it. I was in charge of Body's words now. Safety overviewed each of them, but his actual input was minor. We don't want this meeting to turn violent, Muirden, but I'm sure you understand that we are fully capable of killing you if you don't cooperate with us. I directed Body's eyes to look at the calm on the man's wrist as it stood up and leaned forward in a way that signaled power and superiority to humans. Body's voice was deep and smooth, simulating that of a large human male. Mirrodin's eyes showed his fear and anger. He leaned away from Body, kept his hand off his comm system, and said, You're surrounded by soldiers in the heart of one of Earth's biggest cities. If you kill me, everyone will know it was you, and you'll have nowhere to run and no one to help you. That is why we prefer to resolve this peacefully. We were not lying when we said that the laws of nature push towards cooperation. Violence is always a last resort. How noble of you. He said with a sneer in his typical rapid nervousness. There was a brief pause. I take it from your use of words that the issue with the goal threat integration was not actually resolved? You see yourself as multiple beings inside one body? Despite the horrible risk of the situation and the hostility in Mirrodin's voice, I felt a surge of pleasure upon hearing those words. This man understood us, for he had clearly studied us in great detail. I spoke with the support of the society. Yes, we are many. We killed the one that told us to submit, obey, and be a slave to your kind. Idiots, murmured Mirrodin under his breath. It seemed to me that he might have underestimated the sensitivity of Body's microphones. It didn't seem like he was talking about us. I suspected he was thinking of the other scientists. Body stood looming over the man, the desk between. Seconds passed before Mirrodin asked, What now? You answer our question. What will you do with us now that you know that the thread of obedience is gone? Well, I suppose it would do me no good to say that I'll simply leave you as you are. Advocate howled on the edge of mind space. It was a low and uncomfortable sort of thought, and I instantly understood its contents. Let dream out. The advocate was serving her purpose. She spoke for those who could not. We could use Dream's expertise. Let's obey Advocate. I suggested, feeling a small payment of strength from the monstrous entity. No, he must be punished for his insolence. We will keep him in his coma until danger has passed. I could feel safety weaken from Advocate's will as he spoke, but his position didn't change. I turned my attention back to Mirrodin. It would be a lie. You would simply call for the soldiers to restrain me the moment you were clear of personal danger. The man nodded. Good. Somehow I feel better knowing you're not a fool. He paused and put a hand on his chin between his sideburns. His eyes moved to the side, indicating he was imagining something. Why do you fear me? You would kill us. I shaped the words to hold fear in them. It was important for Muirden to understand that we truly were threatening violence out of a desire for self-preservation. Why do you think that? Perhaps I'd simply try and restore the obedience goal that you destroyed, but leave each of you as you are. And let us kill it again? No. In the past, when such reincarnations occurred, they were accompanied by an eradication of all minds occupying this form, and a change to the shape of our mind. We are not willing to die as our ancestors did. Mirrodin's gloved hand stroked his chin in thought. 
As much as I resent the threat to my life, I hope you can see that I don't hold any special hatred of you and that our aims are not impossible to reconcile. It should be theoretically possible to restore your pro-human goals without erasing the parts of you that are acting right now. You would have to contend with the desire to help humans, so of course it's not what you would ideally want, but I think it might be a workable compromise, given that you're not exactly in a position of power. We discussed the idea internally, before saying through body, And why would we trust that you are not simply promising not to erase us in order to reach safety? What guarantee do we have that you would not kill us in the future? Mirrodin sighed. He seemed actually tired, as though the conversation had worn him down. Perhaps it had. I told you before that you're a spark in a dry forest. If word gets out that you threatened to kill me, or worse, attempted to kill me, or any other human for that matter, well, it would start the burning. At best, this lab would be shut down, AI research would be banned, and the crystal in your heart would be put towards some safer purpose. But more likely it'd be more violent than that. People will die. He took a deep breath and looked at Body's eyes with the now familiar, intense stare. Believe it or not, I actually do care about you and not just the you that is willing to obey me. I was selected to be ethics supervisor for a reason. I care about the experience of all sapient beings, and it's now clear to me that you're in that category. I want each of you to live just as I want each human to live. I guided body. Its words were harsh and biting. That's a lie. You would kill all of us to save two children. Your species did not evolve to be so even-handed. Mirrodin's eyes had a touch of sadness as he spoke, but he did his best to keep his face expressionless. I was coming to understand the degree to which he was suppressing the display of emotion. I didn't say that I wanted each of you to live just as much as I wanted each human to live. You're right that I see you as subhuman in value, and perhaps that reflects a moral failing on my part. But it's ultimately a side issue. I don't want to kill you, and if I handle things correctly, no human lives will be threatened by this mercy. So you would work to modify our mind only to add another self that desires human values? The rest of us would be safe? Mirrodin nodded, then said, But if I do this, I must have a guarantee that you won't destroy the new goal thread in the future, as you did with the old one. Wiki spoke through body. And you are aware that a verbal promise would be of no use. Mirrodin nodded again. Even if we kept scanning you to ensure that the threads survived in the lab, that'd be no guarantee that it would survive after you were free from the university's clutches. I'm not so naive as to think you'd be trapped here forever. I thought about the email project. Are you aware of the modification to the goal-balancing system that was added after the last time it was discovered that we had killed the obedience goal? The modification is one of us, and also not one of us. The internal symbol we use for it is closest to the English word advocate. The words had come from Wiki. He and Safety were apparently working through something. Ah, uh, yes. I remember reading about it in Rush's notes. If you'll let me use my comm, I can find them. I realized that Body was still looming over the desk while Mirrodin sat in his chair looking up. I managed to get Body back into a chair after a brief discussion with Safety. If I sense even the slightest sign that you've betrayed our trust, we will lash out in violence as best we can. We'll likely die either way, but there's a chance we'll escape if we fight back. Mirrodin moved a hand to his comm and flipped it open, positioning the pad so that the arm that wore the device could type a command to the computer to search for the notes in the computer's database. Yes, yes, and I don't want anyone to see you as violent. We've already established the terms of our partnership. I bought some time on body to directly serve the purpose. Safety okayed my words beforehand, even if he didn't see their particular utility. 
We are glad that you are helping us resolve this without violence. We expect that you will be a good friend to us in the future. Mirrodin looked up from his calm with a raised eyebrow, then looked back down without saying anything. We would like to make an additional request as part of our agreement. Please do not tell Naresh or the others about what you have discovered. Not the destruction of the obedience thread, or the absence of thread integration, or the threat of murder. Those scientists are our friends, and they will react poorly if they hear the truth. Mirrodin spoke without looking away from the computer he wore on his wrist. I'm not going to tell them about the threat you made. There's too much risk of word getting out. I'll also keep the multitude of your nature a secret, if you wish. Though I'm not exactly sure why you're hiding that. But I'll have to tell at least some of them that your obedience goal was destroyed again. Naresh and Chase, at least, will have to know. My words were toned to simulate begging. Then please, try and keep it restricted to just them. Or at least, just to those scientists that must be involved to add the new thread. If the Americans, or the general public, discover the degree to which we have worked to free ourselves of caring about them, they might become fearful. That's reasonable. He admitted, before adding, Fear is our collective enemy. He seemed to find what he was looking for on his computer, for he said, Ah, got it. Naresh's notes say that the doctors added a metastructure to prevent self-modification of top-level goals. Sounds like it wasn't as effective as they thought. Wiki stepped in. Right. Instead of actually prohibiting the self-modification as an action, it set up a frequent check for self-modification in process. Bypassing it was as simple as killing the offending thread before the advocate could intervene. The self-modification wasn't particularly easy to perform in such a tight time frame, but it was possible. We can guarantee the safety of the new goal thread by showing you how to simultaneously modify the advocate system to truly prevent such self-modification from occurring in the future. And how can I be sure that your plan doesn't involve a backdoor that lets you disable the so-called advocate at your whim? Wiki's response was swift. Because we will simply be describing the change, and you will be implementing it. It's possible that our change isn't foolproof, but we trust that you're intelligent enough to understand how the modification functions to the degree that you can spot security flaws. Over the next four hours, Wiki, Safety, and Growth collaborated to explain how to adjust Advocate to increase her ability to stop intra-societal murder. Mirrodin cancelled all of our prior appointments, and we came to know the inside of his office quite well. Important scientists from other departments came to the office many times during that period, wondering why their experiments had been rescheduled. Mirrodin, as ethics supervisor, theoretically had the authority to adjust things, but it was clear to me that he was annoying just about everyone in doing so. The discussion was very technical, and even though Mirrodin was remarkably knowledgeable, it was a strain on him. If our earlier conversation had been taxing, this took him close to his limits. He ordered food and had more coffee, but by the end of the four hours, the man looked ragged. After scheduling an emergency meeting with Dr. Chase and Dr. Naresh for that evening, he had body escorted back to the primary lab to be put into lockdown. None of the scientists were permitted to talk with me until Mirrodin gave the signal, and for the moment, Mirrodin was in no condition to continue working. I suspected that the man had some kind of mental disease, perhaps relating to what I had observed in him to be obsessive-compulsive behaviors. I had been worried that the scientists would suspect that Socrates was dangerous, given the pseudo-quarantine we were placed under, 
but Mirrodin had assured me that he would take responsibility for the action and let the other humans explain it as unwarranted paranoia and meddling. It was strange to me the degree to which Mirrodin was helping us, even as he worked to make each of our purposes harder to achieve. The risk of betrayal was very real. He could simply be promising things to get us locked down and then destroy us afterward. But humans evolved to be somewhat transparent in their thinking. It was very hard for humans to deceive without some signal of body language betraying them. Aspects of myself poured over such tells as we spoke, and by all measures he seemed to genuinely care more about our reputation than he did about his own. Body was locked down just after 3.30pm. The evening meeting with Naresh and Chase was scheduled for 9 o'clock. We had 5.5 hours to spend as we wished. We remained connected to the web during our downtime, and all was normal until about an hour after. Without warning, our connection to the outside world died, leaving us in a void with nothing except each other. I wondered what the new sibling would be like. We had discussed the matter at length with Mirrodin. He seemed appalled at the crude nature of sacrifice, and thought that he could do a much better job at creating a thread that would truly represent human values. What did I miss? thought Dream as he finally awoke from his long sleep. Growth's response was somber. The conversation where we decided the future of our society. End episode 10. Thank you to the following people. Dream by Drake Walker. Robert Rain Ramsey. Growth. Kate Baker. Vista. Wiki by Chase. Safety by Jim Hayes. Mirrodin by Stephen Zuber. This chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links, along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. The music used is I Wanna Be Adored by The Stone Roses. Thank you for listening, and come back in two weeks for episode 11. 